Hello, this is Talking Sports with Evan, and uh, lots to discuss on today's Talking Sports with Evan. Brewer news, um, talk some Packers, some Badgers, some Bucks, uh, Badger volleyball, just a lot to go over in this and just what happened today in the world of sports. So, busy week in Wisconsin sports, some good, a little bad, but overall, busy week in Wisconsin sports. Apologize for not having a show last week. Just reasons didn't have uh, opportunity to do it and didn't really have the, I guess I needed the mental break from, from doing the show. But David Stern's out as president of baseball, baseball operations. He was not the general manager of the Brewers. He has not been the general manager of the Brewers since 2019. So a lot of... <laughs> Outlets pushing that Brewers GM David Stearns out. Matt Arnold was the GM, and now Matt Arnold is the new president of baseball operations. I'm going to give my thoughts on the reasoning that why I think it happened, and going to give my thoughts on what that means for Milwaukee. And if you're watching this live and you want to comment on David Stearns, feel free to comment. Um, let me know how you view David Stearns' tenure as the Brewers. General Manager and President of Baseball Operations. He was there for seven years, made the playoffs in four of those seven years, had a winning record in five of those seven years. One of those years was the COVID year where they only played 60 games. And if they play a full 162-game season, maybe they go over 500 then too. So. He only has two years in his tenure as GM where he has not uh, had a winning record. So I want to get your thoughts if you're watching this live. What are your thoughts on David Stern's tenure as the Brewers president of baseball operations and general manager? I know it didn't end well um, with the Josh Hader trade and the trade deadline this year in general. But overall, I want to get your thoughts on it. I'm also going to talk Green Bay Packers and what I feel the problem is. What is wrong with Green Bay, and can it be fixed? And Aaron Rodgers making comments uh, on the Pat McAfee, Pat McAfee show, the punter show, as some in the walkie media market call it. And I'm going to give my thoughts on Aaron Rodgers' comments, um, give my thoughts on what he said about it. Milwaukee Bucks, 3-0, and beat the new uh, the Brooklyn Nets the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Houston Rockets sandwiched in between the two. And Giannis is making history while doing it. He is definitely the most dominant player in the NBA right now through the first three games of the year. And Jim Leonard. Has Jim Leonard done enough through three games to get the full-time Badger football job? Or do you need to see more? Um, Leonard's hoping that they make the, um, coaching decision soon. So does that mean they need to, uh, make that decision, make that decision soon, or he may look to not be interested in the full-time gig and Badger volleyball beats the number one, number one ranked team in the country in Nebraska last night. Big uh, big props to them for that. Sarah Franklin had a great game. Anna Stenick uh, has been outstanding. Devin Robinson and 
tip my hat to the Badger volleyball team. They had a little bit of a issue. Um, I guess I'll call it uh, last week. It came to light in the media and they've really rebounded and played great volleyball. Something that could potentially derail what they want to do, um, distract them because, you know, private videos and photos and whatnot got out there on the web. And that could have easily got, you know, team having distractions and whatnot. And like I said, they came together and they continued to play dominating volleyball, including beating the number one ranked team in the country, which was a um, rematch of last year's national championship game. But first, before I do jump into the main content of the show here today, I want to thank everybody that took the time Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and every day since to wish me a happy birthday. My birthday was on Monday, and I want to thank everyone that took the time to text me, call me, Facebook me, whatever, um, you, however you sent it to me. Thank you so much for that. going to start with David Stearns. Very surprising news. I was not expecting David Stearns to step down as president of baseball operations today. And I think most people, I think the majority of the people were not expecting David Stearns to step down as president of baseball operations today. And I made the mistake of going on Brewer message boards on Facebook. Awful, awful thing to do. And, of course, the conspiracy theories are running wild on there, saying that he got forced to step down thanks to the Josh Hader trade because I think people are thinking too small-minded when it comes to that. Um, that's not why he's stepping down. I don't know why he stepped, decided to step down today. Part of it could be the fact that he's um, possibly – Heading to New York, as I know the New York Mets have been very interested in him and as I'll ask to speak with him numerous times. So maybe just maybe he is um, working with something. Um, him and Atanasi are working on some kind of buyout or some kind of trade that would send David Stearns to the Mets. And part of that was him stepping down as president of baseball operations so Matt Arnold can get a head start on doing what he needs to do with the roster decisions that need to be made. Because they have 18 guys up for arbitra arbitration. Um, they have to make decisions on guys coming close to being done with player control, including key guys like Woody and Burns and Willie Adamitz. Those guys are their player control is coming up soon. So I think it was more to give Arnold the head start as president of baseball operations to start working on that stuff. Why the Brewers and David Stearns work on what's next for David Stearns. He still has, I think, a year left on his contract after this one. He is going to be the GM in the 2020, not GM, he is going to be under contract in the 2023 season, unless there's some kind of buyout or some kind of trade made with the likely destination being the Mets because they have an opening at baseball, president of baseball operations there. And I'm sure other teams would be interested in trying to acquire David Stearns. So I, I, in my personal opinion, and call me an idiot, call me a moron, which I'm sure a few of you will, especially one in particular, 
Um, David Stearns did not step down because of the Josh Hader trade. The Josh Hader trade literally had nothing to do with uh, David Stern stepping down. I don't like I, I, I started. I don't know why he stepped down, why he chose today. I gave you my reasoning on why I feel he may have decided to do it today because, you know, gives Arnold that chance, but it had nothing to do with Josh Hader. And with Stern's leaving, and I put the question out on Facebook and so far, most of the people voting feel my way in regards to the David Stearns era in, in Milwaukee. I consider the David Stern era a success. Yes, I understand there is no World Series appearances, no World Series championships, uh, things like that. But only two teams make the World Series every year and only one team wins it every year. And in four of Stearns' seven years in Milwaukee, they had a shot. They had an opportunity to make the to make the uh, to win it all. Now, unfortunately, it failed. The closest they got was 2018, where they were one game away from the World Series, lost in seven to the eventual eventual runner-up in the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, but I would consider the Stearns tenure tenure a success. Doug Melvin started a rebuild, and David Stearns finished it. And it was a very quick rebuild where the Brewers had competitive teams every season since David Stearns has stepped in. Winning record, just missing the playoffs in 2017, making the playoffs and missing the pennant by one game in 2018, making the wild card in 2019. Yes, there was an expanded playoffs in 2020, but they made it in 2020 and 2021. They won 95 games and looked like a team that could potentially win it all until they ran into the Atlanta Braves, who were red hot and obviously the better team um, last year than most people gave them credit for. But in the playoffs, and I think this year shows it more than ever, you need to get there. You're not going to win a World Series if you don't make the playoffs. That's a given. You you got to give yourself a chance. You have to give yourself an opportunity and David Stearns, like I said, four out of the seven years, he was either GM or president of baseball operations in Milwaukee. He gave them a chance to compete. Most market sizes in Milwaukee don't do that. They, they, uh, they stock up for a year or two to go all in to try to hopefully get hot, get lucky at the right time and get to the World Series. And then fire sale, we've seen it in baseball. The Miami Marlins in, what, 97 and 2003 are perfect examples of that. We haven't had a repeat World Series champion in a very long time. And winning in baseball is hard. Winning the World Series is hard. You need a lot of things to go your way. And unfortunately, after the even before the hater trade, things were not going the Brewers' way. After the... Best start over 50 games in franchise history. The Brewers were four games under 500. They were two games under 500 after the hater trade. Things didn't go their way this year. And unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. But you look at what Josh Hader did in Milwaukee. He made it that they played meaningful baseball into, into October, four out of the seven years, and have an opportunity for the playoffs going into the last week of the season back in 2017 and this year. So tip my hat to him. I think he did 
great things in Milwaukee. He brought in Christian Yelich, who went on to win uh, MVP and runner-up uh, in 2019. Yes, I know the contract. Um, I know the contract to Yelich doesn't look good now, but he earned that contract based off his uh, his two seasons he had in 18 and 19, trading for Mike Moustakis in 2018 to help push them over the edge to make the playoffs, re-signing him and signing – Grandall in 2019, another great move for Stearns. Lorenzo Kane was a great move at the time. Had two really good years in Milwaukee, COVID year. And then last year was okay. This year, not good at all. But for the most part, Lorenzo Kane was a, a success. David Stearns was a successful general manager and president of baseball operation in Milwaukee. I don't think there's any way you can argue otherwise. Unless the only thing you look at is World Series wins, and then obviously he was a bust. But I don't consider championship or bust because winning championships are hard, and winning uh, championships in the baseball market size of Milwaukee is very hard. Winning championships outside of the major markets is difficult, and I think Stearns repeatedly did the best he could with the resources that he had I put more of the issue with Milwaukee this year, personally, on Mark Antanasio. Um, limited budgets. Antanasio even said after the um, signing of McCutcheon that he really stretched his budget pretty thin there um, after he signed McCutcheon to, I think it was an $8 million or whatever it was, $10 million deal. Stearns was limited. And if Stearns goes to New York, which I I fully expect him to do, or goes to a team with, you know, an owner that has deep pockets, I think he's going to be extremely successful and put together winning teams and championship teams because he's not going to have the limitations that he had in Milwaukee. And now all the pressure in the world is on Matt Arnold. It's up to him now as the president of baseball operations to hire the right general manager to take over his spot, evaluate the roster, make the right decisions for the people that have arbitration this year, including, you know, some of your core guys like Corbin Burns and Brendan Woodworth, uh, Willie Adamas, those guys all up for arbitration. It's up to Arnold to make the right decisions in that avenue and maybe try to figure out a long-term extension for one of either Woody Woody or Burns. I don't think they can get both of them. I hardly think they can get Corbin Burns to sign a long-term extension. But it's going to be on Arnold to figure out if he can re-sign one of those two pitchers to keep pitching, homegrown pitching being what is winning in Milwaukee. Before David Stearns got there, they always had to spend on mediocre, overspend on average to mediocre pitchers like your Jeff Supons, your Matt Garza. You know, Kyle Loesch had two pretty good years in Milwaukee, but your Kyle Loesch's, they had to overspend for guys like that. And some, somewhere towards the end, I want to say towards the end of uh, Melvin and beginning of Stearns, it swung and they start home-growing pitchers. Corbin Burns, Woody, they traded for Eddie Peralta when he was 18 years old, and he's been a pretty, a pretty solid piece to the team. Um, Adrian Hauser they traded for, and he's developed in the Brewers system to be, before this year be a, a reliable piece. Eric, he trade for Eric Lauer was really smart. 
and they got some pitching prospects in the in the minors that look very promising moving forward. And they got a lot of outfield prospects that look extremely promising too in Sal Freelich and Garrett Mitchell, who I think has earned the right and the opportunity um, to start in center field for Milwaukee to try to win that job. The pieces that he got for Hader, the minor league pieces have some upside. You have a guy who's between every level of baseball he was in. He uh, stole 80 bases. That's going to add some speed. You got uh, Bruce Terang, who has done everything he can do at the AAA level, who has earned the opportunity to try to compete for a big lead roster spot. So a lot of young talent. The farm system isn't great because they they sell a lot to acquire guys like Moustakis and Yelich. But the farm system has a lot of talent in it. And that was moves that Stern made. Like the Freddie, the time when they traded for Freddie Peralta, that looked like a, you know, okay, whatever. No big deal. And Freddie Peralta has turned into a pretty reliable pitcher when he's healthy. This year he had some injury issues with that shoulder. But now it's on Arnold. Arnold has the the pressure on him from the ownership who wants to continue on with the uh, making the playoffs year after year. And the fans who are tired of making the playoffs year after year and not winning the World Series. He now gets to try to please both sides. And we'll see how he does. And David Stearns, best of luck to him. Like I said, I, I think Stearns stepped down and again, has literally nothing to do with the Josh Hader trade. I think he stepped down because him and Atanasio are working on what is next for David Stearns. Yeah, he's going to be a consultant and he's going to be in Milwaukee right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's a trade coming through this winter where David Stearns gets moved for some prospects as well. Moving on, Green Bay Packers. Don't really know what to say. Very disappointing Green Bay Packers right now. Um, I was not expecting a three and four record through this point of the season. And I was not expecting those losses to be to the Jets. But three of those losses to be to the Jets, to the Giants, and to the Commanders. Was not expecting that at all. So now we got to look at the why. Aaron Rodgers, I think, is pretty accurate on why the Packers are struggling right now. They're making too many mistakes. They're making too many mistake un, unforced errors that are bogging them down. They don't have the talent to overcome the mistakes that they're making. And a lot of the mistakes that they're making are fixable. They're fixable. Guys lining up wrong. Guys running go routes when they probably should be blocking for a screen pass. Illegal formation. False starts. 15-yard on sportsmanlike conduct penalty because you feel you have to put an extra shove in a guy for no reason. Walk away. Muffed punts. Defensive holding. And in reality, the Packers should have won on Sunday. And I'm not blaming the officials, but the penalty they caught on Eric Stokes, the illegal contact, was a BS penalty. 
That took a fumble return for touchdown off the board, completely off the board. And that was a crap call by the officials. And if that call stands, who knows what we're talking about today? We're still talking about a team struggling, but we're possibly talking about a win as well. But the Packers cannot afford to shoot themselves in the foot as much as they are if they want to be successful. They have a lot of young talent who just is not producing right now. And Rodgers was on McAfee. Would have been yesterday. No, Tuesday. I'm sorry. Today's Thursday. He was on McAfee on Tuesday. And he was criticizing the people making these mental mistakes and these errors. And saying that maybe they shouldn't be on the field. I'm torn on how I feel about that. I'm torn about how I feel with Rodgers going on McAfee, using that platform to basically say, guys are making too many mistakes and maybe we need to start taking away playing time. He's right. He's not wrong. He is correct in saying that the team needs to stop making mistakes. Like I said, guys lining up wrong, guys running the wrong route, guys going 10 yards instead of eight or eight yards instead of 10. It may seem like little stuff, but little things add up to big things. And when you have too many little things, you're going to start bogging yourself down and putting yourself in situations that you're not going to be able to dig yourself out of. They need to start playing better. No doubt about that. They're likely not going to make a trade now after the Chiefs trade for the receiver from the Giants where they had to give up a third and a six, a conditional third and a six for them. I don't think they're going to trade for Claypool or Judy or Pittman or any of those guys with names that were being thrown or cooks. Um, because if Tooney can uh if Tooney can grab you a third and a six, those guys are gonna, gonna you're gonna have to give up a first or a second in order to get a guy like Claypool or maybe multiple first or multiple seconds to get a guy like Claypool and Cooks or and you just know that the GM's not gonna do that. So they have to figure it out with what they have, and they have to stop shooting themselves in the foot. I think if Bakhtiari doesn't go this week, I think he go with the same offensive line as he did last week. I think if Bakhtiari does go, I think you put Tom, unfortunately, on the bench as he's now your swing tackle, and Bakhtiari is your left tackle. And you go with, that, with everybody else, you go with that same lineup. I think that's what you got to do. Because pass blocking, the team did much better. Um, Tom played a great game. Uh, everyone on the O-line act, played strong games, unfortunately, except for Jenkins, who coming back from an ACL tear, he's going to have up and down games. It's just going to be it. And with Bakhtiari, he's going to play some games. Other games, he's not going to be available. And that's just going to be the way it is. And we got to deal with it. But lots of fingers, the point on why the Packers are where they are right now. And my first blame goes to the general manager, Brian Gutenkus. So I tend to, I tend to, I'm not going to say be a Goody apologist, but I tend to side with decisions the general manager makes because these are difficult decisions he has to make to try to put the best product on the field now, but also focus on next year and the year after and the year after. Because in his eyes, he's going to be around for a while 
or he wants to be around for a while. And the only way he's going to be around is if he continues to win. But where Goody kind of screwed the pooch is... So back in 2019, 2020, I'm sorry, 2018, I think it was 2018. But there was one year they draft three wide receivers. They draft MVS, Jamon Moore, EQ. Jamon Moore, complete bust from the start. MVS, up and down, injury concerns, never really showed his full potential in a Packer uniform. EQ, injury concerns. Injury issues never really showed his full potential in Green Bay. But the point I'm making, when you drafted those three guys, I think you had just signed Devontae Adams to a contract extension. You knew when you drafted those three guys, you had four year, a four-year window to develop those three guys, which maybe that falls on the coaching, since uh, those three never fully developed to their potential. You had four years to develop those guys, and you also had four years to address the wide receiver room. You knew going into the 2021 season that you were going to have under contract just two wide receivers going into the uh, into that offseason. You're going to have Randall Cobb and Winfrey. Those are going to be the only wide receivers on the roster you had at the end of the 2021 season. Everybody else was going to be a free agent. Lazard ended up coming back. They tendered him restricted free agent tender, and he came back. I think they put a second-round tender on him. Uh, You brought in Sammy Watkins. You drafted two rookies in the second and fifth round from smaller schools, and I'm not going to sit here and argue if they would have took guys from bigger schools. uh, Things would be different right now. I'm not going to argue you with that, but you you you're depending on two rookies um three receivers that are often hurt in Lazard Cobb and Watkins and Lazard's hurt again he had an injury issue last year I believe and in his uh, first year as when he became a starter LaFleur's first year he had that core issue and he missed a lot of games there either way you have three receivers who have not shown that they can stay on the field two rookies and Winfrey, who the only person other than his mom who thinks Winfrey is a good football player, is Aaron Rodgers. You felt that was going to be enough to run the offense. So, to me, I put a big blame on Goody. And he drafted Amari Rodgers last year and then traded for Randall Cobb. So, Rodgers' growth has been stunted at the wide receiver position. I know... That was more of an Aaron Rodgers move, uh, getting Cobb in there. But you still could have got Rodgers some reps with the offense last year to get him ready for life after the three receivers I just mentioned. He has not looked like a good punt returner whatsoever at all. And he has as many muffs as he does catches in his career going into, I think, after the game. I think you still give Amari Rodgers opportunities as a receiver to see what you have as with him as a receiver, especially now with you're not going to have Lazard against Buffalo. You're going to have Watkins second game back from a hamstring. You're going to have Romeo Dobbs, who has definitely hit a rookie wall after looking very promising just a few weeks ago. 
and you're possibly going to have Christian Watson, who's coming back from a hamstring injury himself. So Amari Rogers is going to have to play. And if you bring Winfrey up to the active roster, you're going to have to add him to the 53-man roster or release him. He, he's out of options going from practice squad to regular regular roster. Goody's going to have to make a move. I think he's going to he's going to have to make a move. I think I know I just said that I don't think he's going to, but before the Tooney Towney trade with the Chiefs and the Giants, I strongly felt Goody was because the Packers are a team that generally keeps everything close to the vest. And you're hearing a lot of rumors coming around that they're looking to trade for wide receivers. So I just part, part of me felt that there's too much talk for it not to happen. And, you know, maybe he does bring in a guy who, like a Will Fuller, who's sitting as a street free agent, um, see what they can do with him. And maybe it's an Odell Beckham about a month from now. Who knows? But I feel he has to do something. And I feel it's almost, it's, it's, I can't even find the word I want to say thinking, you know, I would say it's to me it's almost criminal going into the 2022 season with the wide receiver room with, with that they have. So that's where my first blame goes. My second blame, I kind of have to fall on the coaching staff a little bit. And I know you lost some coaches. Um, I know you lost some coaches in the offseason and you shuffled some pieces around. Um, Stan, Stenovich was made your Stenovich was made um, your offensive coordinator. Butkus was made your off, offensive line coach. You have a new tight ends coach, uh, Getsy left. So you have a new quarterbacks coach and Tom Clements. So you had some shuffling in the offensive line. But offensively, and I like Matt LaFleur. I'm not ready to sit here and say Matt LaFleur needs to go, although he is souring on me a little bit with his constant same thing every single freaking press conference. We need to play better. We made too many mistakes. I got to coach better. I'm getting a little tired of that, but that's besides my point. But and maybe it's partially, maybe it falls on Rodgers too. Maybe the coaches and Rodgers get clumped together, but. You have a serious wide receiver issue. You have to get guys developed because you're missing a lot of pieces in that wide receiver wide receiver room. And you're running an offense. Your offense should be running through Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. That's who your offense should be running through. Everything should be based off the run game. And this is why maybe I lump Rodgers in with the coaches. Because maybe Rodgers not agreeing to game plans that involve Aaron Jones getting a lot of carries. Maybe he's you know changing plays at the line with run pass options that taking plays away from Jones. And and if that's the case, that falls on Rodgers, and then it falls on the coaches because Clement Lafleur and Stenovich have to get in Rodgers' face and tell him he needs to run the offense, but. All off season, which you had people talking in the media that few group was saying that he's going to be a, the Packers are going to turn into more of a run oriented style offense as they get comfortable with the new receivers, which I guess was never going to be the case with Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. 
but the offensive line hasn't played well. They haven't put people in the best position on the offensive line to play well. Um, their their offense is looked very staged. Staged. It's not. It looks slow. They're slow getting to the line. They're slow getting set. They're slow. There's no pace to it. When the this when the offense was at its best in 2020, 2019, 2021, there's a pace to it. They're they're moving. They're getting the line of scrimmage, but they're slow out of the huddle. They're slow to the line of scrimmage. They're slow to get set. By the time they're set, now you have to rush things through. You can't do motion. You can't do things to try to tip, force the defense to tip their hand because you're so slow in everything that you're doing. Everything. The offense is off schedule right now, and that falls on, that falls on the floor, and that falls on Rodgers to get the offense back on schedule. Let's get to out of the huddle. Let's get to the line of scrimmage. Simplify the play call, maybe. Instead of a, a paragraph of the play, make it shorter. Make it simpler. We're going to do blah, blah, blah instead of blah, 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 blah. Make it shorter. That's that's the point I'm trying to make. So though, And then Joe Barry is a big reason I feel the Packers are in this mess, too. They have a defensive line led by Kenny Clark, who is a Pro Bowl player. They have Rashawn Gary, who's an ascending player. Preston Smith, who's a solid player. Devondre Campbell, who is a uh, All-Pro last year. You have Alexander. You have Amos. You have Douglas. You have Stokes. You have Savage. You have a defense that should be pretty damn good. But Joe Barry's not coaching the defense to the to the uh, the talent level that they have. That's my issue with Joe Barry. And you don't do it consistently. And against the Jets, you started off being extremely aggressive on defense, and then you stopped. Against the Giants, extremely aggressive on defense, and then you stopped. Washington, extremely aggressive on defense, and then you stopped. Joe Barry's a big issue, too. So to me, those are my three biggest issues right now with the reason why the Green Bay Packers are in the situation that they're in. Goody for not for neglecting the wide receiver room since he's been hired as general manager. He's only he's drafted four wide receivers, I believe, in his tenure. And as of right now, none of the four look like good good drafts, good draft picks. There's still time for Rodgers, but he's running out of time. The coaching staff slash Aaron Rodgers, I think, is a huge problem right now. They need to get on the same page, and they got to feature the offense around Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Jones, your slasher, and then hopefully you can build a lead to the fourth quarter. It's A.J. Dillon time, so you wear out the defense after slashing and dashing them for the first three quarters of the game. That's what they should do. Also got to improve the pace a little bit, get to the line of scrimmage quicker, get set. Move people around to get an idea of what the defense might be doing to you. And third, Joe Barry. You have a, a lot of talent on your defense. Play it to its strength. There's Quay Walker played one of his best games thus far, and you were playing him to his strength finally. You're not having him be a linebacker that sits back and reacts to the ball. You were allowing him to attack the line of scrimmage, and he had one of his best games of the season. He was up there 
rating wise with a Patrick Queen. Um, he had one of his best games of the year, and hopefully it's a turning uh, a, a turning point for him, and he's able to start playing more consistent more consistently because he's got a lot of size and a lot of speed, and you should be la- allowing him to just attack, not you know just let him play football. Don't give him too much. Don't give him too much responsibilities. Just let him play football. With that said, Bucks happy to see what they're doing right now. Uh, but I think I'm going to probably do a feature show next week on the Bucks. Um, with that said, thank you for watching. Thank you for taking part. Thank you, Lamont, for your comment. Um, the Brewers right now do look like a waste of a baseball team at this moment. I'll give you that much. Um, and please find me on Twitter at Evan Witt Sports. It's right there in the in the corner, other corner. Yeah, I can't even point to it. So anyways, it's in this this corner over here. This corner right here, Evan Witt Sports. That's how you can find me on Twitter. So with that said, I'll be back at you next week, hopefully talking about a Packer victory in Buffalo and – I just need to see the team play better in Buffalo at this point. I would love a win. I think they can win. But if they do lose, I need to see a competitive loss. I need to see them fight. I need to see some fire. I need to see some fight. I need to see them show some emotion in Buffalo. And like I said, if they lose to Buffalo, it's not going to be surprising. Buffalo is one of the top teams in football right now. But the Packers need to show some fire. They have not shown fire in any game except Chicago. They have to show some fire in Buffalo where they're 0-6 currently. Got to show some fire. Keep it a one-score game. If you're not going to win, try to keep it a one-score game. Give yourselves chances to win. Don't make so many mistakes. Run the offense how it's supposed to be run. And let's get aggressive on defense and force uh, Josh Allen to have to rush some throws. And if he has to rush some throws, that's when he's going to make a mistake. And Buffalo's due for a clunker. They didn't play last week, had a bye. They're due for a clunker, and maybe this is the week that we see that clunker. So with that said, talk to you all next week, and I hope you all have a great weekend, and uh, talk to you later.